up in Woodbury, played a couple of varsity years at Hill Murray School. Oh. It's not Jake Gensel, Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> um, really picked a St. Thomas and a Hill Murray guy today. What's wrong with us? <laughs> I don't know. And, and an uh, kid. What are we doing? <laughs> this is just going backwards now. I don't know. Is the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Torello cut off by Mata, throws it out front, Dumba Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, notes, and much more. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala cuts to the middle, waits, scores! Greenway in, saved by Miska. Rebound, Erickson, they score! Jordan Greenway beats Miska and one away Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores. Kirill the thrill is now, Here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boya, and Justin Buck. Hello, and welcome in to Sound the Foghorn. Back to our Friday show this week with uh, after what was kind of a Minnesota Wild game last night. Uh, more on that a little later in the show, but I'm uh, Brett Marshall here, joined as always by Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. Zeke, how are you doing on this Friday evening, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing uh, very well. I mean, you know, just like I said, despite the bad game last night, it's been a pretty good week for me overall. Uh, just, you know, had a pretty relaxed Friday night here so far, and just, uh, you know, good to be talking hockey with you guys again. And Justin, what about you? I'm doing pretty good. had a busy day of work and getting the kids to bed, kind of settling in here and, you know, just ready to talk some hockey, like Zeke said, and, and uh, forget about last game and worry about the what's ahead of us on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hoping to put this last like 24 hours behind me with the wild bad loss last night. Mankato got absolutely shit on by Northern Michigan today. They look terrible. So they're out of the WCHA tournament. And then um, I was one of the 95% of people who had Ohio State uh, winning in uh, Madness <laughs> today and also had them in my championship game against Gonzaga and they lost to a 15 seed. So my entire NCA bracket is busted, and that's why basketball is stupid, and that's why we're a <laughs> hockey podcast. So without further ado, let's talk some hockey. Uh, we were talking prospects a little bit uh, before the show started today, but uh, Justin, it, pretty much all prospects now back in full swing. WHL kicked off. Uh, Adam Beckman already has a goal here uh, as we speak tonight, uh, early in the first period, but uh, we'll hand it over to you for the rest of kind of what's going on uh, with our uh, prospects. Yeah, um... I'll start with uh, Boston College. Matthew Boldy had a Forrestis game in the semifinal game against UMass Lowell. He prays on uh, them. Yeah. I mean, they looked good, but UMass Lowell just had an insane comeback and ended up beating them. So Boston College will not play for the Hockey East Championship, but they should be in the Frozen Four tournament still, which is the one that matters the most, really. Exactly. Uh, he was also named a top 10 finalist for the Hobie Baker Award, so Ooh. congrats to him. Hopefully he can bring that home 
Uh, Nikita Nestorenko was named a Hockey East Rookie of the Year, Co-Rookie of the Year. I can't remember who the other player was, but uh, unless it doesn't matter exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll we'll kind of stay in the Hockey East with Philip Lindbergh with UMass. He's going to be in the Hockey East final against UMass Lowell. Um, He's basically taken over the net since he got back and uh, won him the game recently to get him to the championship game. So congrats to them. Then SC uh, St. Cloud State, they've lost to North Dakota in the NCHC championship game. Henches had a goal. Uh, Next up should be the Frozen Four tournament with them. We should actually have quite a few prospects in that tournament coming up, so we'll keep an eye on that. Fetlikov scored today in Cheska's uh, KHL game. They won 4-1. to The series is tied at 1. And then, like we already mentioned, you know, Adam Beckman scored his first goal in Spokane's first game of the season. Happened right before we recorded, so looking forward to see him tear that league up again. MVP repeat. Yep. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> and that's all I have for the prospect update. Yeah, well, lots of good news on that front. Always uh, good to hear and... Of course, our you know our our prospect who is now a full fledged NHL Kirill Kaprizov continues to be amazing. Uh, more on him in a minute, but just a very quick uh, analytical segment today. This is more of a refresher than anything, but um, I, I possibly even touched on it once before. But we're just going to narrow in a little bit on expected goals and kick it up a notch to individual expected goals uh and basically expected goals uh, for a quick refresher it's the probability of a unblocked shot uh becoming a goal um it's based on data from basically 2007 up until about 2018 uh analysts basically looked at you know where shots were taken from and how often under certain circumstances they ended up in the back of the net and then from there uh, those shots were assigned a probability of becoming a goal um Expected goals, as they are, accounted for all players uh, on the ice at a given time. And individual expected goals is exactly what it sounds like. It's just how many individual expected goals um, a player is expected to have uh, just by himself, what he uh, what he generates. Uh, and right now, um, this probably won't come to too much of a shock, but per... Um, uh, natural stat tricks model. Kirill Kaprizov leads the wild in individual expected goals with 8.69. Kevin Fiala is in second, 8.56. Jewel Eriksonek in third with 8.14. And then the next closest is Breezy with 6.61. So no surprises there really with those three uh, being the top because it seems like when the wild are scoring, um, there's a good chance it's coming off of uh, one of those three sticks. So just a quick refresher there. Honestly, I'm running out of ideas. So if there's an analytical stat uh, you want to know more about, uh, tag me and uh, I'll look into it and explain it uh, Explain it for you. So that's all I got for today. It seems to me like you know, Parisi should be scoring more based off, off that model. Yeah, he's definitely been snake bitten. Uh, six expected goals and only three actuals, so definitely uh, underachieving a little bit there um, for sure. So, yeah, that, that's a good point to make. It's a good way to kind of compare um, you know, mm-hmm. Kaprizov, 8.8, he's got 10 goals, so he's, you know, 1.2 above as expected. Fiala has 9 on, what did I say it was here? Uh, 8.56, so he's pretty much right where he should be, right. more or less. But yeah, that's that's a good point to make and a good way to kind of 
analyze that per se is just to see compare the expected goals to actual goals and it's a good way to determine luck and, and bad luck in a way right thanks for that yeah you bet uh, Zeke it's your segment next year with uh, this week in wild history what you got for us well, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. This was I did some digging today, and it was kind of hard to find anything, so I really do not have uh, much of anything for this segment this week. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think there's some stuff for the next couple of weeks that I'll have uh, for sure that I've already kind of lined out, but uh, yeah, not really uh, too much that I could find that was particularly notable like last week or so. Yeah, so, in other words, this has been a boring week historically for the Wild, which completely explains yeah. why last night's game occurred. <laughs> well, something that probably will go down as this week in hockey history uh, brings us right to our next topic. Uh, the first career hat trick uh, for Kirill Kaprizov in a five, I believe the final was five to one, or was it five nothing that game? I think, I think that it was, was five one. No, I think that was the, I think it was four nothing because I think the next one was five to one, right? Either way. I don't think they scored. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Either way, Kirill Kaprizov put up three uh, against the Arizona Coyotes uh, with two goals that looked almost identical and then a clap bomb one-timer from Matt Zuccarello. And when he scored his third one, it, it seemed like half of the world just didn't know that it was him originally. I think mm-hmm. based on kind of how LaPanta broadcasted, I think a lot of people thought it was Zuccarello. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I just remember my mom looking at me and going, can you imagine if there were fans in the stands for that goal? And I said, the roof would have blown off XL Energy Center. Guys, how are you feeling watching uh, Kirill Kaprizov really step up and uh, put in three goals to kind of silence off his shoot more and score more haters? I'm ecstatic. I mean, this is what you want to see from your top prospect and, you know, top player on your team. You could argue Fiala's up there too, but, I mean, even Erickson Eck is up there. But, you know, the point is this is who we thought – he was going to be and he's becoming it and it's exciting because we're just going to keep adding more prospects that are pretty good to it so you know an awesome player to build around and something you'd love to see yeah no i'm uh it, it was great it was same for me i mean if you follow me on twitter you know it was basically uh you know a bunch of caps lock i mean that's the big thing on wild twitter nowadays and every time he scores i'll type out his name just and a bunch of letters, uh, you know, because that's my mood. Like, every time he scores, I'm a little uh, extra excited. Like, you know, I, I want to see him do well. And, you know, I was uh, obviously, uh, just like everyone else, uh, every other Wild fan, I was uh, thrilled uh, during that game uh, as we were watching. I mean, the first one, I remember, I was like, okay, sweet. It was because it was 0-0, you know, at that point in the third mm-hmm. period. And you thought this game, you know, a lot of times in, in the past, those games would not particularly go uh, the Wild's way. And then, you know, he put the first one. And I think the second one was really the one that, you know, I think obviously I think was just the, the, the prettiest goal of the two and just the most exemplifying of his skill. And I think that my favorite part was they showed a, on FSN and it was posted later like the camera shot of just focusing on him when he got off the bench and off the ice just like you know he could see that play the whole time and he come off the ice he caught that uh, kind of tough pass to catch from Nick Bukesat and just spun around and ripped a shot and uh, yeah no I, I was I mean, obviously very excited uh, it was it was great and uh, well I mean it, it I, th- I would like to think that we had some influence on it by uh, wearing our shirts the night before on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, three of, three of us wearing the shirt, and then he scores three goals. So, yeah, I think, uh, I not think wearing we it tonight. Because... That. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. What? 
I said, I think we need to continue to do it. I'm actually wearing mine as we speak. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't think we, want, we don't want to overdo it though, because we don't want to make the shirt run out of its match. Because I don't have yeah, mine on. We don't want to. We don't want to overuse the. Yes, match. that's true. I also true. haven't washed mine yet, so that's part of it too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing I poked fun at Caprice out there before we uh, jumped in that segment was just, you know, we, there was a criticism early on that he just wasn't shooting a lot, and I I tweeted this out. I think this was last week. Um, and then Tony Abbott actually followed up with a with a pretty cool article on it as well. But in Kaprizov's first uh, would have been uh, nineteen games, he had just thirty five shots on goal. Um, and now in his last let's see here nine games, he has thirty seven shots. So ten fewer <laughs> games, two more shots. The shot volume has instantly skyrocketed and he has, he gave us his word he's going to shoot more and he absolutely has and the result of it has been four goals in his last nine games yeah. including a hat trick and I mean I know some of those games are against Arizona but just everything about his game is, has stepped up we're seeing a better expected goal share we're seeing a better Corsi share like every stat you can look at has improved since he started to shoot the puck more and I think that's just mm-hmm. continued confidence and also just continuing to build chemistry with Matt Zuccarello mm-hmm. And those two have just turned it. I mean, they just toy with teams at some point, at at some yeah. points in the games. Now, um, last night excluded, we're still not talking about that. <laughs> but I mean, just overall, I mean, those two just seem to be developing something really, really special. And I think, uh, well, no, sorry, but it's just, it's just so fun to watch because there'll be. Um, uh, I mean, it's like those kind of players can do uh, that. You know, you'll see them skate in the zone, and you'll think, okay, there's, there's, there's nothing there. But at the same time, you know that uh, that they're able to create uh, plays and passes out of nothing. Whether it's you know doing a three sixty spin and finding a guy, you know, through traffic on the other side of the in in the corner down on the other side, and it's just it's it's really amazing. And I, I mean, I will say, unlike the shooting thing, I think uh, Brett kind of touched on it, but I think part of that was just. Uh, being the new guy coming in from uh, you know from a completely different league over in Russia, you know I think a lot of times a lot of guys will not want to come in and be the oh um you know whether it's right or wrong they you know it's just always a little bit of that you know I guess timid in a way to just be ripping shots off and you know so I think I think that was just as Brett said a little bit of a confidence thing but uh, no it's just it's very fun to watch them two those two play because you don't know uh, I mean you know what's going to happen but you just don't know it's just exciting to not know what they're going to be able to do each shift. Right. Yeah. You're seeing a, a kid realize that, you know, he's one of the best players or on, on his team. And, you know, Brett brought up the shots he had in two of those games, he had eight shots on goal and it was just one of the games. It didn't even seem like he was shooting the puck that much. And he ended up with like eight shots on net. Just, just fun to see. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really stepping his game up even more. So. Yeah. And I, I did look it up too. Um, in the KHL and his, three seasons there I think which he played uh he was averaging about three shots a game even despite his surge lately he's still at about two and a half per game so still could be about a half a shot more mm-hmm. uh per game to get back to that average and I suspect um I would it, it wouldn't shock me if he gets back to around that number um and shooting at 13 percent so uh, that's that's a pretty good number and it wouldn't be outlandish to assume he could maybe even get that number up a little bit more with just the areas he oh, yeah. can get to mm-hmm. um yeah, but we always like talking about Kaprizov. Um, another player who has really stepped up kind of in the past week or so is uh, Cam Talbot. Um, had a really kind of tough stretch of games against Vegas where he just, you know, probably had some goals he wanted back, and then he bounced back with just two stellar starts. 
uh, against the Coyotes. And then last night, despite giving up five goals, uh, I mean, he turned away 50 shots for career yeah. high. He's looked, you know, kind of a lot more like the goalie that the Wild were expecting they were getting uh, when they mm-hmm. signed, which now gives the Wild, you know, arguably maybe a top five tandem in the league when it comes to goaltending. I mean, just solely based on health and, and performance alone. Yeah, I mean, he's looked good. He's pro- He was easily our best player last night, and I, I saw you tweet something out about Ian Cole too, but, you know, he, he kept us in that game and gave us a chance, even though the rest of the team kind of looked like crap. Not kind of, they did look like crap. And so- Something I noticed is, I don't know if this is just because the team seems to play better in front of Kakinen, but he's allowed four more goals in four of his last six starts, and I, I just think part of that is it seems like the team doesn't play as well in front of them for some reason or another. Yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with the, with you on that, Justin, because I think especially that second game in Vegas when I think they lost like five to one ever, like a lot, like three of those goals in the third period were like odd man rushes from when the Wild were pinching late in that game, if I remember correctly. So I think that's a really good point is that, you know, he's kind of got in there and some of their, in the games that some of their bad, not as good performances. And I think, you know, from you know going off a little bit off that but i think in a way i know people were not uh, were not a lot some people weren't that happy that the uh, kakinen wasn't starting last night's game but i think after seeing how that game went i mean i think in a way it's people we should probably be happy that he was in that game because you know i think uh it would have been a little bit maybe more harder mentally for kind of a young rookie to like handle just that kind of game where his team has like no answer for the other guys and they're just constantly bombarding with shots and chances but uh you know, anyway, he's he's been good. I mean, he's not been spectacular by any means, but as we've talked about uh, a million times, you know, they all they needed him to be was just basically like average, just just good. Like they don't need much more. It's nothing special really either. Yeah, I think I think you said it perfectly, and I think that point you made about you know, if Kakinen's the goalie last night, I mean, what, how does that ruin the confidence of a guy who's run? Mm-hmm. nine in a row especially as a rookie like you said I think that's something that could have completely derailed him and yeah I mean T- Talbot kept him in there to the best if he could I think you know of the five goals maybe one of them is maybe one he wants back and that was I think Ranton in second goal the backhand from the sharp angle credit to Ranton though it was an excellent shot um, but I think that's one maybe Talbot wants mm-hmm. back but other than that I mean those other four you can't really yeah you can't no. put any of those on him nope um, yeah so Good to see him finding his game. It's going to be really nice. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to a point here soon where it's, you know, just every other game until, you know, unless one goalie really starts to suck, which I hope doesn't happen. Um, but one thing that could lead to a little bit more of a struggle in net is uh, there. there's some significant injuries uh, on the Wild roster. Um, Mar- we'll start with Marcus Foligno, who was injured um I believe it was in the game where uh, Kaprizov scored his hat trick. He took a puck off basically the ankle shin area um he took a rodine shot which i think heard was clocked in somewhere around 90 miles per hour took it square off the shin uh, reportedly left the rink in crutches in a boot we haven't really heard officially what the injury is but crutches in a boot a 90 mile per hour slap shot to a little padded area you can probably connect the dots and figure out mm-hmm. probably a fracture break of some kind in his mm-hmm. leg we know he's out week to week so let's talk first just here about you know what what this team is missing in Marcus Foligno here for the next little while. Uh, I mean, you see what he brings on the ice. He, he, him and Greenway and Eck were maybe our top line for the longest time, and maybe still so. 
you know, with him out, it, it leaves that hole that he, you know, that physical play that he brings and, you know, not just the play that he brings is he's one of the, the leaders in the locker room. From what I understand, he just, you know, tells it how it is. He's, he's just one of those guys that was, I mean, at least in wild fans eyes in the running for captain and you can't really replace either, especially with how he's performed. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone, like, we, like we've talked about before, everyone knows like the physical aspect he and his line has brought with just being relentless on the forecheck. And, I mean, he's a pretty big guy, I think, at like 6'3", too. So, he, obviously, on the physical side of the game, he does bring a lot and that and that can really help. And just, you know, I remember people last night were going, uh, you know, if, if he was in that game, would he have fought someone and energized the team, which I don't know if it's necessarily always the right thing to do. But, you know, that I guess that's definitely that could definitely be a consideration. And... You know, as Justin mentioned, he's been pretty productive on offense too this year. I think he has like seven or eight goals and like 15, 16 something points this year. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, he's obviously not the guy they rely on to score, but, you know, you know, as we talked about, he's just very valuable in pretty much most areas of the ice this year. And uh, although I, I feel like I did see yesterday that a couple of days ago that maybe it wasn't uh, super long term, but I mean, you know, with how many games there are, you know, this kind of a little while in the whole season such a denser schedule that uh, you know it'll definitely it's the big loss for a few games here for sure yeah and I I think the biggest thing they might get overlooked is how good I mean I think I I talked about a little bit last week but his, his defensive game was just mm-hmm. at like league best numbers what what he was doing defensively and you know that's a guy last night I mean you're telling me the wild wouldn't have loved to put out uh, you know that the Eck Greenway Felino line against that McKinnon Ranton and Landeskog mm-hmm. line. I mean, they they shredded mm-hmm. the Wild last night, and that's the line that we rely on to shut that type of line down. And when you're missing a piece of that, you know, sorry, I like Ryan Hartman, I like Nick Bugstead, but they're not Marcus Felino and can't bring that 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 same effect mm-hmm. uh, that he has. And it, it's definitely, I think that's where it, where it really gets tough to stomach is you just you lose part of that shutdown line, and, mm-hmm. and you know, so. Hoping that we see him back sooner than later, but Zeke, as you mentioned, in a shortened season, five games becomes you know ten percent of the season. So yeah, and I, I believe he's already up to is it three games he's missed already? I think, and obviously mm-hmm. a fourth coming uh, tomorrow night, and probably five and six in the coming weeks. So, and then uh, the other injury happened last night. Uh, Matt Dumba, um, not the result of anything or anybody, but himself just caught an edge with present speed and crashed feet first into the boards and I'm what I'm assuming uh, speaking directly from experience is some sort of probably sprained ankle um, I did very something very similar with skating caught a rivet went feet first in the boards and uh, had a golf ball size swell on my left ankle for about three weeks where I couldn't really skate or walk um, so I'm hoping that's not what happened and it's just kind of a tweak or something but um, it, it, based on Dean Evison's early comments it doesn't sound great. Um, for Matt Dumba, who's been very clearly the Wild's best offensive defenseman, even if the points aren't totally there to back it up yet. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll be another tough loss, but I don't know if you were going to say this, Zeke, but 21 mm-hmm. hours ago, Russo brought up, Evan, Everson said, you guys all saw it, it doesn't look good. And then seven hours ago, uh, Russo says he is doubtful for tomorrow, says Coach Dean Everson, but uh, better than it looks, he believes. So maybe that's, you know, Maybe we 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 caught some luck with that, and maybe he's not out as long as we originally expect uh, originally thought. Yeah, no, we certainly hope so, and I think that's the this 
might be the second time we thought he suffered a major injury this year. I think well, I think the first one was against Colorado where I think Jordan Greenway kind of hit him in that first game and it looked like he hurt his knee pretty bad. But, uh, no, hopefully uh, he kind of dodges the bullet second time. And, I mean, obviously, like Brett just explained that, you know, there's there's it's probably very possibly there's something wrong. But, you know, hopefully uh, it's not nothing's broken or torn or anything like that. And, uh, you know, and hopefully he's back to normal because it just – and it just sucks because it seems like the last couple of years now, obviously, that he's get gets all the bad luck when it comes to injuries on his team. It seems that each time that you know, obviously, a couple of years ago, everyone knows he has twelve goals, playing great, gets hurt, uh, and you know, now this year, even though as Justin just said, it might not be that maybe they don't think it's as long term as they originally thought. Uh, you know, he's been playing great, and uh, that pair with him and Jonas Brodin has been very good when they've been together. So I uh, know, obviously, we just hope that he's back you know hope maybe sometime next week or so for sure yeah well i missed that tweet from russo somehow but glad to hear it's not as bad as i originally thought that's certainly uh encouraging and just adds another wrinkle to you know what what they do with the deadline and different things like that of course felino injury and the length of that and we still haven't seen johansson come back and Mm -hmm. injuries definitely wrinkle everything especially this time of year um so just makes the trade deadline all that more interesting. Um, I, I still don't think with you know the Wild have Hunt, they have Mermis and other players too. I don't. Yeah. I don't see him going out and trading for a defenseman, Benny. Means, no. But uh, more, more so in the cap implications if he's injured, mm-hmm. just you know it tightens up that cap a little bit yeah. more. So, and I will just another point that I think uh, you brought up on Twitter last night, Brett. And I mean, obviously, no one was good at all in that game, but uh, you showed that uh, Brodeen was one of the Wild's worst players last night. And the worst, you know, and it was the yeah. worst, the worst game by game score of the NHL season. Which like, I, I, I should specify, though, game score does it's very heavy on even strength performance and doesn't factor in mm-hmm. you know a bad penalty kill or being terrible in the power play. But yeah, it was the worst game in the NHL this season by game score, largely in part due to the fact that he was minus three, and Oof. I think his expected goals against was over two, and those are the two biggest weights for defensemen are, are those two stats, so that definitely, uh, didn't help either. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I'm obviously uh, you know, like like we've talked about before, that pair has been really good, so hopefully you know, like I said, just hopefully he's uh, nothing nothing too major and because uh, he really is an important piece. He's, yeah, he's a guy like Felino who's an important uh, piece of the team, you know, on in a lot of sections of the game and just as the lock in the locker room and as the teammate too. Yeah. And I, I will bring up too, I think, you know, obviously Brody and Dumba had a really tough first period, but you have to think, you know, when mm-hmm. you help arguably your best friend, I, if you don't know, Brody and Dumba are as tight as friends as, as, as it gets. And, mm-hmm. you know, to help your friend off the ice when he can't put weight on his foot, probably, mentally affects you too you're probably oh, yeah. sitting there wondering in the back of your mind you know how how's he doing and you know your, your focus sure. might not be on the game either so i'm chalking up Brodine's performance to just some, some bad luck oh, and yeah. then also just to worrying about his best friend he'll, he'll bounce back i'm, I'm not worried Brodine didn't fall off the cliff last night he, he's gonna be no fine. right no concern there all right and we'll we'll get to this quick just because um we have to wag our finger at wild twitter because we did what we told them not to do and that's get mad after one bad game they're 12 uh, now 12 3 and 1 if we throw out the la game coming back from covid they have one bad game and half of wild twitter melts down um picks on our poor friend aaron um (laughs) in in the (laughs) twitter mentions but 
I think I know the answer to this, but we'll address it just because people might be curious. Are you guys concerned yeah. um, about last night's loss at all to the Avalanche? I'm not concerned. I mean, you're going to have crappy games here and there, and that, that may have been our worst. But, you know, you're not going to play your best game of the year every night. Uh, mm. I'd be more concerned if this continues, but uh, let's let's see how they bounce back uh, tomorrow and, and, and go from there, really. I mean, you can't overreact on one game. Yeah, I pretty much have the the same uh, kind of thoughts on this. I mean, you know, I I just think you know, first of all, like during that game last night, I, I wouldn't even say that I was particularly like extremely frustrated or mad because for me, I have this uh, kind of tendency that when a game's going so bad and they're getting beat so bad that I almost find it kind of comical in a way. Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't uh, too angry, which is kind of weird, especially against the Avalanche. I, I usually hate losing to them, but no, I'm not uh, not concerned at all. I, you know, you're seeing, obviously, it's how fans are on Twitter, but as we said, you saw a lot of, oh, this, this is what happens when they actually play a good team. They're showing us who they really are, and it's like, well, do you remember the first time that the Wild played the Avalanche, that first game where they came to Minnesota? They killed us 5-1, to one, and I remember feeling that same way, too, that, oh, my gosh, they're way overmatched. Uh, you know, there's almost no chance that they could beat them, and they came back the next game, won in overtime, and then, you know, obviously they lost a close 2-1 to one game and then beat the Avs 6-2 in their last trip before this in Denver. So, no, I'm not concerned overall. I mean, it's, it, like you guys said, it's one game. and uh, But, I mean, you know, that's just how uh, fans are. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's one game. Like, let's, yeah, you should never overread into one game either way, good or bad. Yeah, you hit on all the points. And I want to point out, I think it was on Wednesday, the Philadelphia Flyers lost 9 to nothing to the Rangers. And then Oof. came back and I think won their next game like five to two. I don't yeah. think it was against the Rangers, but just going to show like one bad game does not define your mm-hmm. season. I think the players were aware that they played bad. Anyone not named Kim Talbot, um, Nico Sturm had an okay game, but he always plays good. He's he's yeah. he's, he's my boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, Justin, as you said, I think if you know if all of a sudden you know the next three games are like this, then we can you know maybe sound a panic alarm, but. One bad game doesn't define you, and there were parts, you know, that looked better. They they got a power play goal last night. That was a positive. Yes, um, snipe. Victor Rask with a sweet goal. We knew it. Yep. We knew yeah. you'd do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll move on from that. No more uh, negativity. We'll, we're looking for a good bounce back, and you got to believe that that team is going to be trying to get Kakin into that double-digit win streak. Um, oh yeah, and help him push for that record because we know those. And if anything, these guys know their teammates' milestones more than they know their own. It seems so. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I, I got. I had a. I had a bad feeling going into last night, but I've got a good feeling going into tomorrow. So. Yep. Let's move on to our next topic here, and that's whether or not, you know, I, I word of this is are the wild a legit contender? But I'm, I'm going to shift this question now more to. How has your opinion of the Wild changed from before the season started to kind of where we are now and, and kind of how you see them? Uh, Zeke, we'll start I, with you. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess for me at the beginning of the season, I thought, uh, you know, obviously with some of the bottom feeder teams in their division that uh, they could, they would probably be a playoff team and they'd be in that fourth spot. Uh, I thought, you know, you know, obviously it's in the, one, I mean, it's the playoffs. We know in, in hockey and the NHL in general that if you get in the playoffs, there's always a chance that, you know, a team could, uh, you know, could go on a run, could upset someone. You know, that's just how the game is. And especially after a, a short and condensed season, you know, who knows how people are 
bumped and bruised, you know, have kind of lingering injuries and stuff. But I just didn't really thought they'd have a chance in the playoffs. Like I thought, you know, that's going to be a tall order to win even a couple games against the Avs in the playoffs, especially at the beginning, thinking that their center depth was, uh, you know, incredibly weak and it still might be. But no, at the beginning of the year, I I didn't really, I thought they'd be a playoff team and, you know, then they just get beat in the first round, uh, you know, like usual. But now I guess... I wouldn't. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm fully there. As in, you know, they can go on a run and get to the uh, Stanley Cup semifinal or even the Cup final. But I do think that they would have a chance to knock off a team like Vegas and Saint or or uh, Colorado. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't say it's likely. But we've seen them play some solid games against those teams and win a couple times against them. Where I think just like we've talked about before, the way of the Wild play, they're just a, such a hardworking, like they have such a team atmosphere that. Uh, they all work for each other. They all, you know, they, they're really in that way very tight. And I just think with, you know, that kind of physical way they play, they forecheck the heck out of teams. They work incredibly hard and now have some really serious skill with guys like Kreisov and Fiala. So, yeah, and, and obviously with solid goaltending. But, you know, overall, I think uh, it's shifted from they wouldn't do anything in the playoffs to I think they'd have a chance to have at the very least uh, getting a winning a series in the first round. Justin, where do you stand? Um, I, I had it. I think I had it in writing on one of Derek Falsko's articles. But I, I felt like this team beginning of the season was a borderline playoff team, and I felt like as long as they got the goaltending that they're getting, and as long as the young guys stepped up and Kaprizov kind of came in and maybe not even did what he's doing, but um, did similar. I mean, he's honestly kind of done better than I thought he would. I thought he'd have more of an adjustment period. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I thought they're a borderline playoff team, especially with the center depth, like Zeke mentioned. And, you know, I, I'm not ready to jump on this team being like, oh, they're going to win the Stanley Cup. But as long as we get to the playoffs, you know, anything can happen. Because, you know, 2012, the Kings won as an eighth seed. So, you know, I think they were built more for a cup run. But you just never know once you're there what can happen. So, you know, as, as long as we get in and – get some hot goaltending at the right time. You just never know what can happen. But, you know, like Zeke said, I wouldn't bet on them winning the cup or anything, but you, you never know what happens. So you're not buying into Money Puck's 11% uh, <laughs> highest Stanley Cup odds for any, any NHL team on the Wild right now? You're not buying into that? I'm an optimist. I'm a big-time <laughs> optimist, but I'm also taking that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 w- I will point out, because I did see a lot of people confused about that, so Money Puck... It's all run through an algorithm, so it's no personal bias. And a big part of that is is the path to the cup. Um, people are like, well, how do the Leafs or the Lightning, you know, how are they lower than the Wild? And I think that's mainly due to the fact that, you know, I think the, the model believes, I think for sure that, you know, a Tampa Bay-Carolina series is probably a lot, you know, chance of going either way than maybe a Wild versus Vegas, who the Wild have historically been good against. The Wild have a good playoff record against the Avalanche in recent years too. So I think that kind of factors in a little bit more than people realize, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm right on par with you guys. I had them kind of as a, I had them as a surefire playoff team just because of the division they were in. Um, mm-hmm. Like overall in the league, I thought they're probably middle of the road. Like on, I thought they were maybe a hair worse than last year. Um, turns out that was a wrong take, um, but <laughs> that's the caprice off effect more than anything, I think. And, and a bounce yeah, yeah. back from Zuccarello, which I don't think anyone predicted that. Um, and, you know, I, Zeke, I think I'm right with you. I think they have the potential maybe to win a round and, and maybe make a run. And I think a lot will depend on the health of the team because when this team is healthy, I think as we've touched on 
many a times in this show, they're easily one of the deepest teams in the league when it comes to their top six defensemen and, mm-hmm. and their bottom six forwards. They can go head-to-head with anyone, and when they're healthy, they can create line combinations that can compete with any team, and I think that can be an advantage in the playoffs. And we've seen the importance, too, of, of two healthy goalies as well and, and two good goalies at that, which the Wild uh, have that luxury, it seems, now as well. So if all those things hold together... I think they could be poised to make a run, but Justin, as you said, I'm not not putting money on, on a cup. But um, you know, I think any playoff mm-hmm. experience you can get for you know some of these younger guys and and anything like that is a bonus. And uh, looking forward to just kind of what they do because I think anything they do achieve in the playoffs, unlike previous years, they overachieved. Or in past years, it might have been looked as you know they underachieved. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. for the record, I think we are on the way to building this thing the right way. But I think we're all in that boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point is that, uh, you know, yes, it, it's obviously be disappointing. You know, again, you always want to win as much as you possibly can. But as, as Justin just mentioned, uh, and as Russo said on his podcast a million times when being asked if they're going to, you know, make any trades for any sort of rentals and stuff like that, that it's, you know, it's not a one-year process. And uh, with, as Justin has talked about in his prospect updates many times, they got a few guys like two or three kind of blue chip prospects in there who are close to the NHL, who we could have on the team soon. And that uh, all that is, it's going to come together. And obviously, you know, patience is hard, especially, you know, after the last six years of always getting beat in the first round. But uh, as you guys said, uh, it's, and as Brett said, anything that happens outside of making the playoffs is pretty much just gravy. Exactly. All right. So that's all I have. Is there any other wild news, NHL news Mm -hmm. you guys want to touch on here? We do have a little bit of time here, so. Hmm. Well, I just want to give a, a shout out to uh, everyone's uh, favorite beat writer, Michael Russo, uh, specifically for. I know we said we were done talking about this game, but I, I just want to address it that uh, for all the dunking on Abs fans and uh, you know a few other people on Twitter last night that uh, was just blo- <clears throat> yeah no I I didn't want to mention it but I guess it's okay who who cares but uh, yeah no he. He is something else, and uh, you know, I, I you go in the comments. There's a bunch of people that oh, Russo's such a he's a homerish wild fan. It's like, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't really call him a fan, and second of all, if, if you want to look at homers and people that just whine and cry about the other teams all the time, look no further than the Colorado Avalanche, and look no further than as Brett said, Adrian Dater, and also guys on their TV broadcast like Kyle Keefe, who openly admitted a couple weeks ago that he still hates the Wild mostly in part because of Matt Cook uh, seven years ago. So look no farther than those. Uh, I guess I would say, you know, I don't want to be too mean on here, but look no farther than those clowns. And I was just <laughs> just happy to see Russo dunking uh, on those guys last night because uh, there was some takes last night. Uh, yeah, I've been stuck watching Avs broadcasts at times because I don't have cable or anything. So I, I get what stream I get. Mm-hmm. Listening to some of those Avs broadcasts is, is painful. It's it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, like I get it. You work for the team. You got to hype them up. But there's like there's a line there, people. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking like, of shitty announcers, uh, quick over oh to God. the Coyotes announcer. Oh, boy. Um, who oh praised Carson Soucy um, getting assaulted. And I said this on Twitter, and I stand by it. If he Did does that on the streets, um, like just to an random person, he's in jail for assault. Um, yeah. Like attack. And, and, and I love the way Susie handled it in, in the in the press conference. He said, if he would have given me the chance to fight him, I would have fought him. And I think that was the key for me with that is, you know, I, I have the, the hit was high. It was to their mm-hmm. best player. I have no problem with sending a guy 
after Susie to make them pay for. I, I get it. It's the hockey code. Whether or not you agree with it, I get it. I'm okay with it. But the, the thing for me is that player needs to agree to it. Like, you know, for example, when Dumba and Kachuk fought, Dumba said, yep, I will fight you. Kachuk just didn't go jump on Dumba and just start wailing on him. Like, that's mm-hmm. th- that's where I had the issue. And then, you know, we, we brought this up last night, too, and I was talking to my parents. So Susie gets a one-game suspension for, you know, making some head contact to a guy. But yet Lawson Krause can come in, jump an unsuspecting player, and punch him several times in the head. Ah, you just got a game misconduct, and you're on your way. You punch him in the head while he's down, too, no, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Player safety is a joke. They're just as bad yeah, as the officiating. It is. I know people said he got a game technically for leaving the game, but you know that that wasn't a full game. And I, I think when you jump someone like that, it deserves more than what he got. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I think the my favorite thing was that I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they uh, the Arizona Coyotes either their their uh, TV provider account or the team account uh, deleted that video with uh, the guy's comments on air during the game like an hour after they're getting a lot of stuff for it which you know is just says everything you need to know and you know like like brett said uh, i agree with you uh, there's no like i i same for me i have no problem with you know getting back at a guy as much as i think the hockey code is dumb and we could go on and on about several inc- incidences but uh, yeah no it was it was just silly and uh, and just ridiculous uh, frankly that uh, they were like glorifying and cheering on a guy getting the crap beat out of him when he was down like you, you got the message across man just be done and i believe the guy who said those terrible things is actually a former wild broadcaster oh. i can't think of it okay. i don't know what his name is it's i think it's matt something but it's hmm. like huh, i wonder why you're not Weird. here anymore okay. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah. people don't be like bad broadcasters that is one thing I will give wild credit players for too, because I didn't see a, really a single wild fan backing up Susie. Like the first thing I saw on Twitter was like, "Yeah, Susie, you can't do that. That's that's stupid." Mm-hmm. And like, I think yeah. I think that's where I pride myself in this fan base. Is we know hockey, we know when someone does something stupid, and we call them out on it. We're not homers in that sense, yep. and I appreciate that. And we understand the rules. Yes, <laughs> and we're not b- dumb broadcasters. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's enough about the wild um we're uh, we're doing pretty good on time uh i have a new game uh for you guys today um you guys are both listeners to of k fan i assume right yep are you familiar yeah. with their initials game mm-hmm. so this is yep. pretty similar um to that but instead of initials like as as your first kind of main clue you just know it's a wild player. Um, so the rules are this. I have five total players. It's uh, you two are playing head-to-head against one another. There's going to be five Boy. clues per player, but you only get two total guesses. So if you guess okay. wrong, then you only have one guess. Um, so you can choose to answer after the first clue or not, or you can wait till there are more clues. Um, I start kind of broad and then get more specific. I don't think any of them should stump you by the time we get to the fifth clue. I could be wrong. Um, and whoever gets the first to get three players uh, wins the game. Makes sense? Yeah. yeah. And then you can, just, you can just make a noise of your choice uh, to buzz in if you, if you want to make <laughs> okay. a guess. So I started off with kind of an easy player just to give you a feel for it, and then uh, they get a little bit harder as we go. Uh, so you guys ready? Yep. Ready. All right. Uh, and let us know uh, 
uh, if, if you're listening too, if uh, if you manage to get it before one of these two guys, uh, and honestly, don't lie to us, but if you honestly get it, let us know and uh, let us know if you want to keep doing this. Uh, this is something I just kind of threw together today. So something different. Here we go. Player number one. Uh, he is a player who is now retired. No guesses? <laughs> All right. <laughs> There's Clue a lot of those. <laughs> Clue number two. He played 16 NHL seasons with six different teams. Ding. Go ahead. Matt Collin? Nope. Ah! So Justin only has one more guess. Damn it. <laughs> Clue, Clue number three. <laughs> He's sixth in points in wild history with 321. What? Zeke? Andrew Burnett? Ding, 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 ding. It was Andrew Burnett. I didn't think I'd get that. Here are the final two clues. I think this next one would have for sure given it away. He's now a coach. He assistant coaches the Florida Panthers with Joe Quenville. And then Mm. the clue number five really gave it away. Uh, He scored one of the biggest overtime goals in wild history. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Player number two. You know what? I'm going to save the one for last because that one might be one of the hardest. So we'll go We'll go to this one next. All right. So this player played for the Wild from 2009 to 2014. Okay. He was a def- – Oh, ding. Go ahead. Kyle Brodziak. No. Damn. So he only has one guess left. All right. <laughs> Clue number two. He was a defenseman from the 2004 uh, draft class picked in the third round. Uh, Clue number three. He only scored four goals as a member of the Minnesota Wild. Ding. Zeke. Uh, is it Clayton Stoner. Ding, 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 ding. It is Clayton Zeke's Stoner. Way <laughs> He's way better at this game than I am so far. <laughs> I don't I don't know how I'm getting all these because some of these first two guys mostly played before I really was aware and watching. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. I didn't I didn't think you'd get anyone either of you get for clue three. Uh clue four was he logged two hundred and ninety six penalty minutes. And then clue five would have been he finished his career in Anaheim. <clears throat> Okay. I was going to guess Keith Carney originally, but uh, that would have been <laughs> wrong. I think the 2009 to 2014 kind of squashed that guess. Yeah. All right. Player number three. Uh, Zeke could win the game here potentially if he gets this player before Justin. All right. Pressure's on. I had a trouble ordering these clues, so I tried to go broad to specific, but we'll see. Clue number one. He was an undrafted player. Clue number two, he has a 12-year NHL career with three NHL teams, and that career is still active. Clue number three, he has the 22nd most games all-time with the Wild. He played 353. Clue number four, he played college hockey at Colorado College. Oh, ding. Zeke, for the win. Uh, is, it, is it Nate Prosser? Ding, 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 ding. Wow. It is Nate <laughs> Prosser for the win. Nice work. The last clue, Justin, I think you would have been able to get it from this one. He's a native of Elk River, Minnesota. Yeah, I would have gotten it then. I'm, I'm just not good at this, <laughs> this, this hey, game. Right. There are two players left. We'll see if you maybe can make it three to two because it's still one of these. Maybe. All right, so here's player number four. 
nothing on the line here but your pride. Uh, clue number one. Oh, God. He was one of 12 wild players to wear number 28. Clue number two. He was a fourth round pick by Detroit in 2003. Clue number three. He was a left shot defenseman. I'm trying to think. 28. God dang. Clue number four. He played only 18 games for the Wild in 2018. Ding. Zeke. Uh, Kyle Quincy. Kyle Quincy is the correct answer. Uh, yeah, you're going to make my pride even worse. I'm going to get shut out here. <laughs> and clue number five was uh, arguably one of the worst free agent signings in Wild history. You know, funny story about that. I do, I do that, uh, that, that, that puck thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to blank on the name of it, but where you um, buy a puck and, and you get who you get with the autograph and Kyle Quincy was one of them when I did it. And I was like, Oh, oh son of a gun. Oh, you <laughs> he was so, he was so bad. What, was didn't they, didn't they like just banish him from the team? Basically. Yeah, I, think, I think they put him on waivers <laughs> and Man. basically just said, <laughs> he was so bad. <laughs> uh, that would never worked out. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, was that was a, bad. was that a Fenton signing or was that a Fletcher? No, I think it was Fletcher, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't think that was Fenton. One, one of, I think it was. I think it might have been one of Fenton's first two. I don't. I, don't I feel like it was. I don't know for sure, but I feel like that was in twenty seventeen, maybe. Because I don't know. I'm. I remember so many ridiculous things, like, I, like little yeah. details of everything. It's ridiculous. All right, and here is the last one. Clue number one: He played for the Wild from two thousand and six to two thousand and eight. Clue number two, he was drafted in 1999 by the Colorado Avalanche. Clue number three, he was acquired as an unrestricted free agent. Clue number four, he's from Slovakia. I'm trying to think that... Shoot, and clue number five, he's the only wild player ever to wear number 92. Ding, ding, ding. Justin, to get on the board? Oh, I don't know if I got this. Sergei Zoltak? I don't think I got it. Though. Nope, not Sergei Zoltak. No, it's... <sighs> hmm. One of my favorite names in wild history. And he's got a great number. This I knew would be the oh, hardest Oh, I know one. what it is now. Bronco Radovojevic. It. <laughs> it is Bronco Radovojevic. <laughs> That's how you say that. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I figured that might be a little bit tougher for Zeke because it's a little little earlier on in the history. But yeah, <laughs> for those that don't know, ninety two is you know obviously my Twitter handle, but my basically my second favorite number. Um, I wore basically nine and two my whole hockey career, um, and twenty two. So ninety two is kind of a, a nice combination. I just ignore that Gabriel Landeskog wears it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Which wild player am I? Uh, if you guys like that segment, um, I'll have to maybe uh, find a way to give Justin a, a little bit better chance next time. <laughs> yeah, that that's about as ridiculous as one of my bold takes. <laughs> hey, but you, you got the last one, so you, you yeah, got, you you got the hardest one. You didn't get shut out. Yeah. All right, so uh, as we close with every show, we will go now to our Amateurs of the Week. 
Uh, winners first, Zeke. You can go ahead and uh, go with your amateur of the week first as the winner of the first ever Which Wild Player Am I contest. Okay, so for uh, my amateur of the week, uh, it's you know no surprise. We've talked about him a lot, but I'm going to go with uh, Matt Boldy, the Wild's first-round pick, 2019. Uh, he's, you know, this year overall, just a quick summary, he's got 30 points in 21 games, and I think he was... Justin might have mentioned this already, but he was named one of the 10 finalists for the Hobie Baker just this last couple of days. And, uh, and obviously, as he talked about, Justin talked about earlier, he had a four assist game in their uh, conference semifinal game against UMass Lowell. And uh, we'll obviously see uh, where their, his team matches up uh, when they release the NCAA tournament schedule on Sunday. Uh, and then also the potential chance that we either see him, uh, you know, in the NHL with the Wild or in the minors with the Iowa Wild here at the end of the season. But yeah, no, he's had a great second season in college. Yeah, and I want to get your guys' opinion because I think most of the other uh, most of the other friends in the podcast network have kind of discussed it. Do you guys want to see Matt Boldy turn pro after this season? And, and if yes, do you want that to be in Iowa, or would you maybe like to see him get a look on the Minnesota Wild? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of difficult. Like, I can understand from the contract standpoint why the, the Wild, you know, especially with the flat cap, would want to – you know, not to burn off a year and play him a couple of games. And, you know, I think that's probably ultimately what they'll do. And uh, I guess I'm kind of on more of that side because, you know, really like where is he going to play, especially if the Wild are, you know, in the thick of the playoff race and, you know, looking like a good bet to make the playoffs. I, I don't know what opportunity to have and why they would uh, at this point put in a guy who's fresh out of college as a, uh, as a signed play prospect, you know, in the lineup over guys who have been there all year. So I don't know. I guess I would say I'm more of the thing and just, give him the ATO and uh, give him just a chance to finish out the season in the AHL. Yeah, I'm almost in the same boat. I think he's very close to being NHL ready and he's, you know, very exciting and you know, we're all excited about him, but and yeah, I, I just don't know where he would slot in, even though, you know, we're kind of, yeah, I, I just can't think off the top of my head where we would slide him in right now, fresh out of college, and you know, see what he can do in Iowa and then maybe next year uh, bring him up and then see what he can do there. Yeah. Justin, you, you, your point to, uh, is the one I, I was going to make is do I want to see him play? Yes. But if healthy, it's hard to figure out where he slots in because your top nine wings when healthy, you got your obvious top four, you got Fiala, you got Greenway, you got Kaprizov and uh, who am I forgetting? And Zuccarello. And then mm-hmm. Breezy, regardless of how good or bad he's playing, he's going to play in your top nine. You're not scratching Parisi for Boldy. Um, and then Felino, I mean, you're not, the way he's played this year, you're not sticking him on your fourth line. Nico Sturm's done more than his fair share. Do you really, if you're going to play Matt Boldy, you don't, you're, you stick him on your fourth line. Does that make a whole lot of sense? No, oh, you want to get him more developmental minutes. Right. And then you're scratching someone like a, you know, then you're scratching a Victor Rask or a Nick Bugstead. So, to me, that's kind of what it comes down to is unless they have a significant injury to a, a top six guy, you know, where someone like, you know, a, you know, a Luke Johnson or a Jerry Mayhew probably can't fill in. I don't think it makes sense. And I could be wrong. I'd have to look into it more. But I think regard if they sign him, regardless, I think of whether he plays in NHL or AHL, I do believe it burns uh, that first year just because of him being a college player. I could be wrong on that. Um, but my, my personal preference, unless there's a big injury to the top six that's like season ending, um, I just think it's better just to wait, um, you know, figure out which free agents you're going to re-sign, figure out where he fits in next year, um, if he even makes a team out of camp or not, or if, if it takes a year. I'm personally a fan of waiting 
for now, as, as as if things are as they are now, I would I would prefer to wait. That'd be my my preference. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, uh, while we're talking about amateurs, I'm just update. Adam Beckman has a primary assist now too, so he's up to two points tonight. All right, Justin, your amateur of the week, keeping the good vibes going. Yeah, we'll keep the good vibes going. I, I'm choosing Nikita Nestranko, and it's not necessarily for how he performed, but uh, in in their game against UMass Lowell, he didn't really pick up any points. He still, you know, he looked good. You could see his his size and his skill, and and you know what he could be. But he was named Co Rookie of the Year in the Hockey East, and that's why I'm choosing him this week. And kind of congratulate him on that. As a freshman, he picked up 19 points in 23 games, uh, eight goals, 11 assists. So you know, uh, another maybe diamond in the rough that we see in the, the wild system. Yeah, he's one of those guys I'm really curious to see. I think what he does next year, I think, could could really affect kind of the perception and maybe his projection if he, you know, builds on what he did this year and is kind of a dominant mm-hmm. player as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of reason for right. optimism because he's, he's not undersized. He's got a lot of skills. So I'm really excited yeah. to see uh, what, he, what he can do next year. Right, and he seemed like he filled in his frame even more from his BCHL season last year. From the highlights I've seen, he just seems like he's he's continuing to fill out his frame. Yeah, for sure. All right, and last but not least, my amateur of the week is Odin Tufto. What a name! Uh, from Quinnipiac, <laughs> he is uh, from Chaska, Minnesota. Uh, played at St. Thomas Academy. Ugh. Uh, from 2012 <laughs> to 2015. Uh, finished this season second in the NCAA in scoring with 44 points. Led the NCAA with 38 assists this year. Um, just another player with Minnesota affiliation that made into the Hobie Baker finalist. One of the 10 players he is undrafted. Um, I would suspect uh, much like a Nico Sturm, he'll be uh, probably a very sought after um, free agent. Probably a top nine playmaking type that uh, a lot of teams would be happy to uh, to add to their roster. All right, that brings us to our pros of the week. Zeke, we'll go uh, back to you for yours. Yeah, so uh, for my pro of the week this week, I'm going to go with uh, Kiefer Bellows, who uh, was, a, I think, like 19th overall pick in the first round of the Islanders back in 2016. Uh, obviously, I think he's the, he is the son of a former Minnesota North Stars player, Brian Bellows, and uh, I think he was another guy that at the time was an, a player that uh, seemed like a lot of Wild fans back then wanted, but he's he kind of had a little bit of a slow development. I mean, he... He left college after one year, uh, then went to WHL. Had a good season, and after kind of taking a little time in the in the AHL and the minors, he's had a couple call ups uh, last year and this year to the Islanders. Had a couple goals last year, and uh, and this season specifically in the last week, he has three goals in uh, four of the games that the Islanders have played, uh, including uh, two in the game against New Jersey, and one of them was a kind of a nice goal where he came wide and then cut to the middle and just snuck one in, uh, kind of far post uh, past the Devils goaltender. So. Uh, good to see him succeed. He was also, I think, kind of another player that was being discussed a lot. I don't know if this was true or not in the Zach Creasy trade rumors. He's potentially a guy that could have been coming back the other way. But, uh, no, uh, just good to see him, another Minnesota guy, getting uh, his first kind of, like, taste of the NHL this year. Yeah, on the on the trade rumor piece, I think, if I remember correctly, um, the Islanders had actually inquired on Miko Koivu, um, also uh, last year's mm-hmm. deadline, and had, right. I believe, the Wild were seeking Kiefer Bellows in a turn for Koivu, um, if, if I recall correctly. But, yeah, he was definitely a, a player that was mentioned in rumblings uh, to the Wild. I would imagine now that's probably not likely, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be interesting to see those ties. 
Justin, your uh, pro of the week. Uh, mine is uh, a player that grew up in Woodbury, played a couple varsity years at Hill Murray School. Oh. It's uh, Jake Gensel, Pittsburgh Penguin. <laughs> um, really picked a St. Thomas and a Hill Murray guy today. What's wrong with us? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and an Edina kid. What are we doing? <laughs> this is just going backwards now. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he, he had a pretty good week. He played in four games, had four points, three of them were goals. You know, he's he's been one of Pittsburgh's best players this year in the past few few years. He's up to twelve goals, fifteen assists in thirty games. So, you know, he, he continues to play well for Pittsburgh. Yeah, unfortunately for us, uh, playing well yeah. for Pittsburgh. Yeah, didn't want to use those uh, words all in one sentence. Dang it, Pittsburgh, why'd you have to not have played Buffalo yet? Yeah, holy crap. And Philadelphia keeps sucking and pushing Pittsburgh into a playoff spot. Carter Hart's terrible. That was one of our hot takes that was wrong. I think think all three of us were going to go Carter Hart for Vesna. Woof. Yikes. 80. Not good. I saw a really funny tweet because I think – Carter Hart had said, I think last year, like this offseason, like said something on lines of, um, oh, you know, I try to, you know, mirror, uh, mirror my game after Carey Price. And um, mm-hmm. someone like posted a stat line, and the, the comment was, oh, he's really doing his best Carey Price impression. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. The internet's um, ruthless. All right. But let's talk about a good goalie here. Uh, <laughs> for my pro of the week, uh, we gave him some love earlier. I'm going Minnesota Wild goaltender Cam Talbot. Uh, 2-1-0 uh, last week in his three starts, made 96 saves on 102 shots. That's a 94% save percentage. Uh, threw a shutout in there as well. Uh, made a career-high 50 saves versus the Avalanche last night. As we mentioned, was the only bright spot. Um, and he has 1.52 goals saved above expected accumulated uh, over the last three uh, last three games. Um, his cumulative total prior to last night was negative 2.72. So we really are seeing him playing, you know, some of his best hockey right now and hoping uh, hoping tonight doesn't get under his skin because he has nothing uh, to hang his head about uh, from last night. So I decided to give him some love uh, for the way he's played uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. Good choice. All right, guys. Well, how about that? Pretty much right on an hour we did it. Um, right Fair on enough. our goal. Anything else to add here uh, before we send off any final thoughts? Uh, no, not for me. Just, uh, you know, try not to overreact, I guess, is the biggest thing I can say. Cause, you know, obviously it, it, it happens online every game one way or another, but uh, just take every game as it goes. Yep. Zeke, any any, any parting thoughts? Uh, no, just, uh, just you know, something to Justin, just, uh, as you said, you know, don't overreact to every game and also just, uh, you know, just, enjoy the, the team enjoy watching the games i mean they've been you know better than expected this year and it's just there's a lot of as we've talked about earlier in the show that just a lot to be excited about uh, just now and also in the you know next probably immediate future in the next one two seasons so just you know just just enjoy it just have fun enjoy it absolutely so will likely be a tough game against the avs tomorrow but then uh then we get the ducks which is always great they're terrible so yes if tomorrow goes bad we'll have a chance to get right maybe gain some confidence back against the ducks uh, maybe even get a chance to peek at uh, Trevor Zegras and um, oh, yeah. and uh, Jamie Drysdale, Jamie which that's, you know, Kaprizov, Drysdale, Zegras on the same ice. That's a treat. Um, so lots to look forward to. Uh, but that'll do it for today's show, guys. Before we sign off, uh, Justin, remind everyone uh, where they can find you and all your work. 
I'm at DEs2004. I'm at CapriceFC with Caprisov Count Caprisov Countdown. And I'm at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. And Zeke, what about you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ZBWildNation underscore HW. And you can find uh, all my written work and other stuff at HockeyWilderness.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account at Sound the Foghorn, all one word, both on Twitter and Instagram. I've got some season-long Minnesota Wild player cards I'm finishing up that will hopefully be out tonight. Uh, that'll be have a lot of useful information as we kind of reach the midway point to check in on how our team is doing. Avalanche and Wild tomorrow afternoon puck drop, 2 p.m., so don't miss it or forget about it. Um, and then, as we mentioned, uh, back-to-back games against the Ducks and then uh, one against St. Louis and then... Uh, then the Sharks to wrap things up. We are a Friday show again next week with a Thursday game on the schedule. And then we will be Thursdays every game after that uh, through the end of the regular season. So until next Friday, this has been another episode of Sound the Fire.